based on this, it does make it look like one of us didn't survive Vegas. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like when we all, when I parted with y'all, Blake was in rough shape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At one point, my, uh, we talked about it on BS, so we won't do it on Fight Boys, but my favorite quote from you all weekend was when the captain <laughs> stood up, put his cigar down, went to the bathroom, and then you quietly leaned forward like, so how long is that going to last? Because <laughs> I don't know if we can get him into an airport like this. I've never, uh, I've never in person met Drunk Blake, and I'd rather not again. Drunk, drunk Scotty's a fun time. Drunk Blake is just there. <laughs> Here's the thing. Drunk Scotty is aware of Drunk Scotty. Drunk Blake doesn't know Drunk Blake exists. <laughs> Welcome to Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen, the show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, the new dad, same as the old dad, Scotty Moore. New dad sucks. (laughs) Dad sucks. I'm the Dylan. (laughs) Oh, man, I I really, I'm happy we took you to Vegas, because I feel like you've got a reinvigorated view on on wrestling, on the show, on everything. Also... Blake's just not here, which I like to think is Blake didn't survive Vegas. Only two members truly made it back. There's a part of Blake still in Vegas. Dude, that first flight from Vegas to fucking, like, uh, like Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Like, as we were going, we were all in just the roughest fucking shape. It was that trip, the, the trip back where we were all... Mostly me and Blake sobering up. I fell asleep for thirty minutes, woke up, and you had a you kept a bottle of water because you think hydration's important. None like me and Blake. I just woke up and my lips were chapped from like the Vegas dryness, and I had like a huge back pain. And the whole time I was just like, "You were both asleep," and I'm just staring at your water like SpongeBob in that one episode. Like I don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> But uh, res- wrestling's happened, and oh yeah, wrestling, wrestling, freaking best of the super juniors happened. Freaking- oh my god! I okay. Before we get fully into Mox talk, which is really what's going to happen, would you like to review the rest of Super Juniors? So best of Super Juniors had an amazing run this year. So like last year, it was seen as kind of like a like a filler filler tournament. And despite the fact that like overall the average gate wasn't as good because Hiromu was out and Hiromu was a pretty pretty big draw and they had to replace like they'd have fucking Ren Narita and Doki, which like, you know, who gives a fuck about Wait, was Hiromu injured for Best of Super Junior? I thought he won it last year. Or was it the year before? Yeah, he did. He won it. Oh, okay. And then he got injured. Oh, okay. I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Because remember we saw him at CEO. Yeah. That good good boy. Yeah, like but like he he was still out this year, so like that hurt. But despite that, the overall match quality, like yeah. per block, holy shit! Mm-hmm. Like, so like there were like a couple of the Kirkin halls were like being like, is is this the best show of the year? <laughs> like for for like a mid tournament best of the Super Juniors. Like, there's so many good matches. A lot of people came out looking real, real strong. Um, Will, like you know the 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 finalists will Osprey and Shingo I think they're going to herald in this new thing of being like open weight wrestlers where they are junior heavyweights but can compete against heavyweights that's cool so like 
So like, you know, New Japan has can like shift them around because yeah. even Will Osprey is just like, no, I'm a junior. I'm I'm the best goddamn junior in the world, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, you know, so he so him and Shingo might be in in like the G1, like all this stuff. But it was just a really like it was a really solid tournament. There's so much of it I, I didn't get to watch, unfortunately. But it, much like the G1, where it's just like if you miss a day, all of a sudden you're like, I'm six days behind. I don't know what to do. That's like twenty. That's like twenty four hours of wrestling. I can't. I can can't I, fit it in. Can I just say but, one of my favorite tweets to come? And I guess it wasn't. It's advertising one of their upcoming shows, but God's facing Evil and Sonata again. Oh, yeah, and, that's on Sunday. Yeah, and Tomatonga tweeted it out and said, Everybody get ready. Gorillas of Destiny are taking on the evil space pirates once again. And I'm like, fuck, why is that not their name? <laughs> that's exactly who they are. But oh, yeah. yeah, we were talking about the show before, uh, on the show beforehand, the fact that the Moxley and Juice Robinson match was the most fuck you WWE match I think has happened all year. And Cody Rhodes destroyed a throne with a sledgehammer, and the most fuck you match was those two getting at it. Oh yeah, it was it was it was an excellent match uh, where they were just like Japanese table. No, 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 f- fucking Juice Robinson at one point was like, "I'm breaking this fucking thing," and he reset up a table that didn't break initially. Yeah. Like that is that is how much they're like, "We are doing this." Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was uh, one of my favorite moments. Someone brought up on Twitter was Mox. I don't know if it was a DDT or what, but it was the first spot involving the table. And Moxley, oh, yeah. like, he hits him through it. The table does not break, and you oh, see. Oh no, he him. does like a, you know, like uh, I think it was, I think it was um, Mick Foley, like where he would do the the elbow drop, but he used a, ta- a chair instead oh, of yeah. an elbow. He did that, and the table just did nothing. He was just like, well, no, and it, like half of it didn't, like the half of the table fell. So he was like, okay, we're just gonna snap suplex. Oh yeah, through this thing. And the whole time, Mox is just staring at it, like, why is it not breaking? What's going on? Like, like, they both had moments like that. It was real. Yeah, it, like, Moxley hit- came out in goddamn fucking like, like compression shorts and yeah. fucking like shoot. Like came out in like a shooter outfit, and I'm just like, oh man, is this how we're doing this? And the ending of the match was the ultimate like Dean Ambrose is dead moment when he hits the he hits straight up dirty deeds goes for the pin one two kick out and Mox just sits up and smiles and that's when I thought oh he's got a knife he's just gonna stab Juice Robinson a bunch of times and then no, he hits no, no. He, the death he hits rider. an impaler he hits an impaler like, <laughs> double yeah. underhook. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the guy? Apparently it was a joke because the account was a joke, but the guy from Vegas who was just like, it's really interesting to see what you did, Moxley. The move that I innovated, the move that you've stolen from me. Like, he wrote this whole paragraph all about how the Death Rider was stolen from him. And I'm like, oh, this is the pinnacle. The pinnacle of indie wrestling Facebook. It's beautiful. Yeah. That was a a really, that was a great match. And then, like, the... uh, the best to the Super Juniors final where like Will Ospreay was like, I really feel like I can actually kill myself this time. Like, yeah. I put all the effort into it. If I try mm-hmm. hard enough, I will die in this wrestling ring tonight. It'll be great. Shingo, Shingo Takage is like my, my boy. He's in my, 
You know, yeah. everybody's got their boys, boys say, but the Shingo Takage is in there, despite the fact Shingo Takage, incredibly accomplished wrestler, but Shingo Takage, like, just went into that match. He's just like, hold on, I need to show everybody why I'm awesome at wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, that, and then everybody came out, I was like, he lost, but holy, sh- did you see the shit he pulled in that? For also, me, Will, o- Will Ospreay is not human. Like, whenever Hiromu Takahashi joked that Will Ospreay was a cat, like, I swear to God, he might be right. Like, <laughs> Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay is a real-life tabaxi. That's oh, yeah, the yeah. only explanation. Man, with me, my new boy, coming out of last weekend. I know you had a new boy. Well, Joey Janela became your number one boy. Marco I follow, Stunt. I follow him on Twitter, and it's the best. Oh, yeah. Marco Stunt's my new boy. I love Marco <laughs> Stunt. Like, I went back and watched the buy-in a couple of days ago, and I mm-hmm. missed this spot live. But the one where it's, I, I think it's AC Baby. He's just, like, bouncing off the ropes as Marco runs and, like, tries to do a drop kick, and he just throws the child. He throws the boy outside of the ring like he's a baseball. And I'm like, holy fuck, Marco's stun is tiny. He is. Yeah, you could do straight up, like, um, ECW throwing, uh, shit, who was it? Spike Dudley out into yeah. the crowd with Marco's stun. Oh, I'm I'm sure it's coming. Oh yeah. See, going back to Moxley, I feel so bad because for the I was everyone on the podcast minus me loved Dean Ambrose. There was a point, a little bit after Shield broke up when he got into like his silly gimmick where I didn't like him anymore. And it was when he started getting really silly and gimmicky. And it lasted for so long that I'm like, oh, I guess this is just what he does. Now I'm realizing I've I've got like a sixth sense where I can tell when a wrestler is no longer happy with the company because their shit just doesn't work for me anymore. Because I had the same thing with Punk. Because when Punk had like that, his Wolverine chops and he was like feuding with the shield and shit, I was like... This is the same guy that poured ashes over The Undertaker last year. And you could just tell he doesn't care anymore and he doesn't want to be here anymore. And, like, the minute I had that realization, a week later he left the company. And it's evident that Mox had the same thing of just, like, I don't want to be here. I don't like this. And all of that came out with the Jericho podcast. So, like, he did the Jericho podcast and then he did, um... What was it? I forget who's... What? It wasn't Alvarez. Who was it? He did someone. I, I forget, but like he did another he did another one after that, which was like a two parter and was like, I swear to God, legitimately like almost three hours of interview. And between the two of them, he just shit on the company so hard. Oh yeah. Like everybody's just like, I oh, see on Pokes had all these terrible No, no, no. John Moxley went on record just being like, Vince is goddamn awful. He's ruining <laughs> literally everything every day. I could not be happier. Well, with Punk, you could tell Punk was coming from a place of straight fury of, fuck this company, they fired me on my wedding day, they did this, and it's just like hatred and vitriol. Moxley, he straight up at the beginning was like, I appreciate everything they did for me. I got to do so many make-a-wishes. I met my wife there. It was an amazing experience. I grew up in that company. Now let's bury them for two hours. So (laughs) his was less from a place of hate and more from a place of like, you guys are a billion dollar company. You could do so much fucking better than you are right now. And he was just, he wasn't mad. He was disappointed. Yeah. This came from a parcel of like, you, everybody needs to know that this is not going the way it's, it should be going for this kind of shit. Like, yeah. 
Well, oh, it, but it's such good shit. It's that yeah. good shit. Yeah. Well, if the, I, listen. If the if the fucking Vince McMahon devil puppet on Firefly Funhouse doesn't say this good shit, yeah, I'm yeah. going to be disappointed. Well, see, one of the things with Mox was the minute he was like, they kept making me do this weird, goofy bullshit, and it made no sense. And that was like, oh, he was like me. <laughs> he understood that, like, oh, I could do so much better in this company, but instead you're making me do ridiculous bullshit every single week, like come out with a hot dog cart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, like, you could see it. Like, you know, he made, the, he made a promo for Fighter Fest coming up, which I got a ticket for. I gotta yeah. go to Fighter Fest. You bastard. Yeah, oh, I didn't. I, mo- I didn't think I was going to, but yeah. I'm gonna be there whenever Joey Janela and John Moxley try to actually kill each other. I mean, that was the that was the Undertaker Triple H like face off before WrestleMania version of independent wrestling is Joey Janela coming up, lighting a cigarette. And then Moxley just taking it out of your out of his mouth, and I'm like, "Oh, this is now match of the year. This is now the match I want to see more than anything else in the entire world." I mean, I still like the only thing I want to see more, other than like Kenny versus John, which is going to be just like probably like an all out. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's going to be amazing. Uh, I still want to see John Moxley versus Jimmy Havoc. Just because Jimmy Havoc has shown almost a gleeful disregard. Jimmy Havoc has gone on record as saying that he has, like, he has tried to figure out how he can get shot <laughs> in the match. Yeah. Just for, like, the, the spot of it. Like, you know, like he's, I figured, like, in, you know, you're, like, taking, like, the leg or something. And he's just, like, he was doing it on um fucking uh, Rockstar Spud had a thing for high spots. And you can see Spud being like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Like, well, I want to see that. I want to see him versus John so bad because you know. Oh his, man! Like, uh, there's the spot during the over the top battle royal where Tommy Dreamer is just like running around, like de- decking people with that uh, trash can lid, and then he hits Jimmy, and Jimmy just looks happy about it. He's like, "Fuck yes, this just happened! Hell yes! I'm about to yeah. staple your balls to your leg." Yeah. Uh, you know that you know you, you know the podcast like you you mentioned wherever uh, whatever John Moxley is talking about all this stuff. It was just like fucking like like power bomb me a million times on the thumbtacks and like F five me through like the earth like murder me. That's Jimmy Havoc every match. Oh it's yeah, just yeah, like do it, fucking do it. Like he <laughs> so he can face together. He can face Joey like, Ryan and like it, it's gonna be a comedy match with a bunch of dick spots and Jimmy Havoc's like I can cut it off though, right? I could just, like, pull out a knife and cut off your dick, please. Joey's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I can try to stab it, and then, like, it repels the knife. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that a spot we can work into this? Oh, yeah, I, I hit it with a razor blade, and it cuts me instead. The fucking, his dick grabs the knife from Jimmy Havoc, and now Joey's running around thrusting a knife at Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> what do you got there? A knife! No! <laughs> Man, I feel so bad because I was so hyped for NXT 25 because I'm like, okay, I know WWE is not going to do a good job of recovering from AEW and Double or Nothing. But NXT, they'll just have like a great, a fantastic show to prove that they're still in it. And it was it was a good show, but it wasn't in the NXT quality shit that I'm used to. Like the very next day, I sat down and watched the ladder match from Takeover New Orleans, and I'm like, where was any of this during ta- during Takeover? I mean, there was a ladder match, and it, like the spots I saw of it was pretty good. Like 
It was all right. Like the the Breeze match was kind of ridiculous to me because the ending of the match sees Breeze hit the beauty shot, which was not called correctly, but I was like, eh, he's been out for a while. And Velveteen rolls to the outside, and now it's the thing of like, you got to get him back in the ring. Get him back in the ring. And he goes out, and the ref gets to like an eight count, and Breeze gets back in the ring like, oh no, what do I do? And I'm like, break the fucking count. You don't have... You can't, get the, you can't, win, the, you can't win the title off of a count out. This isn't New Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And then Velveteen just like gets in the ring, hits the... Um, Oh shit! What's his What's his Death Valley Driver called? I can't remember off the top of my head. I can't either. Yeah, yeah. The Dream the cool Valley cartwheel Driver. move he does, and then hits the uh, purple rainmaker, and then hits the pin, and that was it. And I'm like, this was Breeze's first match back. Can uh, like have you have the spoilers come out for the next tapings? Is it going to be anything decent? Like, is he is Tyler no, Breeze I, like? Well, I, I, I didn't win that title, but not, now I have not seen anything oddly. Oh, yeah. Instead, it's like, well, I couldn't win that title, but now I'm going to challenge Adam Cole, baby. Okay. okay. I mean, Adam, Cole, Adam Cole's coming to the main roster, along with the rest of Undisputed Hour, despite the fact that, like, like so much of people they called up already aren't on TV. Yeah. They called up, what was it, like, eight people in the course of two months, none of whom are really on TV anymore. EC3's gimmick now is basically being a disgruntled talent in the back with a red solo cup. Just like fuck all of this oh the the reason ec3 is getting buried is because everybody booed him whenever they found out that dean was leaving on the oh, yeah. shows now that's because, right because vince mcmahon yeah but that was my even dean was like they ain't gonna boo me they know i'm leaving <laughs> come on vince and vince like no it's such good shit though and then it's wrong so you it's <laughs> so you and then Raw has just been the hottest garbage in recent... Like, this is the worst I think Re- Raw has been in since I've started wrestling, watching wrestling. Like, it's gotten really, really bad. So so here's the thing. So, after Brock Lesnar cashes in, because it supposedly, like, air quotes, Brock Lesnar's cashing in tomorrow. And if that happens... They officially have nothing. There's, they have no stories. Yeah. They have literally nothing. I mean, when Brock Lesnar comes out and just beats the living shit out of Seth Rollins, almost murders him, and then looks at Paul Heyman and goes, I don't want to cash in. I want to fly on a plane to Saudi Arabia and then cash on in on him there. I'm like, Brock, no. Because then, no, it's because he knows if he murders him in Saudi Arabia, it'll just be par for the course. Well, not only that, I'm fairly sure WWE is aware of the fact that no one wants to watch this show. No one gives a fuck about any of the Saudi Arabia shows. And they're like, well, what if we say Brock's going to cash in and then people will watch? And I'm like, I, I, now I definitely don't want to watch. Sorry, Vince. You really fucked because the horse on that one. Of- now you're getting rid of Brock Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I know, I'm fairly sure the end of that Rey Mysterio match was a botch where he pins Joe, who definitely has his shoulders up. And so that's why you just give Joe back the title. But don't just give Joe back the title. Don't have one of the hottest baby faces of all time, Rey Mysterio, come out and be like, I've been injured. And unfortunately, because of that, I'm just going to give the belt back to the bad guy. Hope you guys are cool with this. Bye. 
Uh, oh, and I'm getting choked out, and all right. I would have loved if Dominic came out, and he's like, I'm giving the belt to my son, and then Joe just kicks him in the balls and beats the shit out of him in the middle of the ring. Oh, that'd be great. The commentary team's like, look what Joe's doing to this 13-year-old boy, and Dominic's like, I'm 21 years old. Please. Please. Could you do something, anything? I mean, the only reason to watch WWE now can be found on their YouTube channel and it's fucking Firefly Funhouse, which this week was the best episode that's happened so far because Bray Wyatt apparently hired the people behind Tim and Eric's great show. <laughs> because so I, assume, I assume you have a, a Wyatt Jim shirt, like tank top going in the Oh, middle. buddy, I was tempted. I was like, mm, man, if I had the money, I'd get one of them Wyatt Jims. <laughs> Like, the whole yeah. time, me and Blake were walk, joking. You, like, that way you can walk around the house in that exact outfit of a fucking, like, tank top and Zumba pants and be like, pull up your pants. <laughs> just, do the muscle man dance. That way, that way, that, just until Emily just beats the shit out of you with a <laughs> shoe. Yeah, she's like, please stop. No one wants to do the muscle man dance, Scotty. <laughs> the baby hasn't let me sleep, and now you won't either. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that whole segment, the minute that he was like, we're going to talk about exercise. I'm like, oh, this will be fun. Like, he does some small things. And then the music started up, and I said, Bray Wyatt, you beautiful motherfucker. I love you more than words can express. Actually, no, that happened earlier when he was like, here's my friend, Huskis the Pig Boy. And I'm like, is that a fucking JWF wrestler? Did you just steal no, no, one no. of our gimmicks? No, 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 it's, it's Husky Harris. Yeah, it's straight up husky. That's what I like is he's got like, oh, these were all my older versions of myself. And now I'm just real fucking weird. And I watch Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared one too many times. And that's who I am now. Uh, so did you see the um, the Punishment Martinez promo for NXT? No. So Punishment Martinez was basically kind of like, I don't want to say Undertaker, but he did have, like, that Mordecai, spooky, kind of ominous you, presence. You mean the shit he's been doing for, like, three, four, five years, No, no, maybe? no. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what it was. Okay. This has him in a limousine, like, going to clubs and shit. And I'm like... Oh, he's Andrade? Did they yeah. <laughs> he's Andrade. The best... Someone was like, what's his gimmick? And I just said, he's a Hot Topic fuckboy. He's gonna get Corey Graves, and they're gonna start a fucking stable with Chris Jericho. I just... I don't understand WWE. Like, I understand they're in panic mode. But when you're in panic mode, you step back, you take a breath, and you focus on the things that you can do really fucking well. And with their roster, wrestling is what they can do really fucking well. No wrestling is happening on these shows. No, no, I, no. Ricochet and Cesaro is happening. I feel like that's the only thing they have. I feel like Vince is in the back like, well, we're going to do two hours of weird shit with Baron Corbin. And then for the Smarks, we're going to give them 20 minutes of Cesaro and Ricochet. And then hit them with the big dog. Go home. It's such good shit. All right, Vince. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. But you know who I'd like to thank right now, D? Uh, Gazi? Yeah, mostly that fucker, Gazi. And also... And Megaran. We're, we're just going to thank Megaran every day. 
And all of our lovely patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's a website where you can support the Fight Boys. You can support the entire BS network and you get access to our exclusive Discord. You get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week like that motherfucker Ghazi. And of course, in addition to all of that, you also get access to our giveaways, which my dad ended up winning the Fight Boys giveaway. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Well, he's donated enough. I guess this is worth it. I don't have to pay for shipping. And uh, also, you get access to our show, You Paid for This, where we watch terrible garbage movies and commentate over them. And our last episode, we were actually joined by Dylan as we watched a terrible garbage film starring David Arquette called Ready to Rumble. And it gave me the worst hangover I think I've ever had in my entire life. And that can all be found on Patreon.com slash a load of B. S and Dylan, it's time to settle back in because we've avoided him for too long and we've got to get back into some dust watch. No, no, no. We moved on. We moved no. on. We're, we're no. on Pongan Watch. For the love of God, you, we can tweet him about the spa- the evil space pirates. Why would we ever go back to... Nope, I'm too committed. I'm too committed, baby. We're doing I'm this. I'm not now. Now I'm walking away. That's just... You remember a while ago where, like, I asked why you even have this segment? Because you don't listen to Blake or me <laughs> about any of it? I just, we're gonna go back to a StarCast and perform in the future. And we've gotta have this in the chamber. Right, right, right. We can bring it back for those shows. That's in the, the cr- meantime, we can just tweet at literally anyone. We can tweet at Marco's stunt do stunt watch he's low enough that he might actually follow us yo at marco stunt we're sorry that fucking nick gage yelled at your brother actually then then in like then in like parentheses actually we laughed at it too um should we do janella i feel like joey we could get sure all right so yo at joey janella can you get (laughs) sexy chucky t to follow us no. God damn it. Leave sexy Chucky e. T out of this. Yo, Janella baby. Yo, Jan- yo, yo, Janella baby. Uh, look forward to watching you, 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 you potentially die at hashtag fighter fest. Look forward to getting, seeing you get murdered at fighter fest. Hashtag please follow us. Uh, did you see that, uh, the GCW show that's running the night before they're running a show that's a technically owned by the Invisible Man's Corporation. I was like, what the fuck, Joey? I love you, but what the fuck, Joey? Hashtag spring break watch. Hashtag retweet and follow. Now, do we want to... Do we want to even try to do predictions for the garbage show that's happening tomorrow? I don't want to acknowledge it. Like, can we just... Because literally Blake took a knee. That was how much he was like disgusted by how bad this show is going to be. And I got to be honest, I'm I'm almost there with him. Yeah, it, I mean, that, I'm, no, I'm straight up the same way. In the recent weeks, I'm slowly turning into Dylan because after, and we're going to talk about this in a few. After the ROH thing happened, I'm like, man, fuck ROH. ROH is the worst. And then Jim Cornette did some shit. I'm like, fuck Jim Cornette. And now with WWE, I'm fully like taking a loss on it. I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't need WWE. And I think it's AEW, honestly. The minute AEW came out and was like, hey, we're about to put on the best show you've seen all year. 
And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't need anything else anymore. We're good. We're, we're, we're good. Put that, put that shit just right, just right here, right in the vein. Put, put, put it in my veins, baby. All right, let me look up. Give the... me, give me Marco stunt versus Jungle Boy. Oh my God, yes, that's all I need. Just two tiny motherfuckers running at each other in the middle of the ring. All right, let's see the. I super... want a tag team match. I want, I want Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Marco Stunt and Joey Janela. Oh yeah, yeah, and like, Mark, like. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are, like, really teaming up well with each other. Meanwhile, every time Marco tries to make a tag, Joey Janela drops down and smokes a cigarette. And that's the whole plot of the match. Um, let's see. So, before we get into this, did you see where they've actually flown out Alexa Bliss and... Is it Natalia? No. Is it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To possibly, like, talk to them and be like, Hey, maybe do ladies wrestling? Which, no, that's not happening. Um, let's see. Usos versus The Revival, which is not for a title. It's just a match, apparently. So, Usos have a fun match. Let's see. Lars versus Lucha House Party, which is going to result in Lars Sullivan committing uh, several murders in the middle of the ring. Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin, which... I mean, okay. If we're going to talk about the cash-in... Does Brock even fucking wait for the match to start? Or does Baron Corbin start walking to the ring and then get kicked in the nuts by Brock Lesnar, who's like, fuck you, the match has now started? Uh, either that or they do a reverse of the heist of the century. Oh, where Brock comes in and cashes in and then pins Baron Corbin to win the yeah. title. I could see that. Um, I just, if Brock Lesnar, this this is the snapping point. If Brock Lesnar cashes in and comes out with champion... I don't know if I can keep watching WWE. I'll, I I will spend that time that I usually reserve for Raw and SmackDown and watch like NXT and NXT UK and maybe get a subscription to watch New Japan or some shit. Like, oh, did you hear the great story about the NXT UK show? No, what? So apparently, uh, the story goes that so uh, New Japan is running a, a show uh, like Royal Quest in London. And uh, and WWE had like a spy in one of the box offices that was selling tickets and saw that it wasn't selling well. So they're like, oh, there's money to be made here. We can run a show in Cardiff. And they did no research because there's a uh, there is a Wales versus Ireland, like I think rugby. Oh, uh, shit. like match that day. Yeah. So like fucking it's not it's not you're going up against like actual like entertainment and then it also turned out that um that wasn't the only box office that was selling new japan tickets that actually sold twice as much as wwe <laughs> thought so like they just just from both ends on this because they didn't do any any goddamn research on it uh and so like, I'm really looking forward to watching that bullshit happen they were really i think they were really trying to be like here we'll run something so that like it was like the world of sport thing, which is all fucking NXT UK feels like now. It's a, like a, hey, we have to have something here because this is a hot scene and like we need to make sure that we don't get taken down. But yeah, so that was that was fun. Anyway, on to heels and faces. Let's go with my baby face of the week first because that I... That rant shorter? Okay. What? Well, I was would... that rantish shorter? Oh, yeah. Well, see, my, my baby face of the week was originally going to be John Moxley or Bray Wyatt. 
But no, instead, it's a man I discovered about an hour ago, and I sent a video to you. And he's on Facebook under the name Super Human. It's not human. It's H-U-M-M-A-N. And he guess he's a gigolo? Or a juggalo? I'm sorry. Because no one would ever pay this man. And he just has this series of, like, one-minute videos where he just looks up, he's like, what's up, my name is Superhuman, and this is, I'm about to jump onto a bunch of thumbtacks on some chairs. This is all for my juggalos and my juggalettes. Please don't try this at home. Thank you for watching. Whoop whoop. He, he never says whoop whoop excitedly. It's always with fear of what he's about to do. And then he backs up in front of whatever he's doing, whether that's running headfirst into a brick wall or jumping into a wheelbarrow that is just... Filled with thumbtacks and then just yells, fuck this shit. And then he runs and jumps into it. And then it's a solid like two seconds. Of, have you seen the Reddit, like the R, the R thread, which is perfectly cut screams? Mm -hmm. That's all it is, is him jumping in. You hear, ah, and then it's just gone. <laughs> it's, it, I'm not one of those people who usually enjoys watching people get themselves hurt. But this is, he's just too good at who he is as a person of just being like, all right, juggalos and juggalettes, let's do this. Ah! <laughs> but uh, he's my baby face of the week. Uh, do, do you want me to get my baby face yeah, or do you want to get this rant get, out? I'm going to need you to do both because we're going to spend the rest of the show talking about this bullshit that happened, I think. Okay, so like, my... Um... My baby face of the week is uh, is Shingo Takage, just because, <laughs> like, yeah, what? I, it's my my boy. <laughs> he, That's my boy. Yeah, because I, I I watched him have a really good tournament, and he was like a fucking juggernaut. And the fucking pumping bomber is like, I it's it's been a while since I have gotten mad in a wrestling match when somebody counters a move. Yeah. He's like, no, I wanted to fucking see that. Like, I, every match he has, I'm just like, ah, oh, I wonder how this person is going to sell being murdered by a running lariat. Like, and there's just every time. Yeah. And, and I and I appreciate it for giving me, for giving me that. Because, like, dur during Osprey, like, he did that. And then there was one point where, like, because Osprey normally does, like, a, like, a, oh, you caught my kick. Okay, flip me backwards, and I'll do a backflip. The spot where Shingo flipped him so hard, he backflipped twice and took a flat bump that yeah. was how much rotation he got and i was just like that was fucking awesome <laughs> that was amazing mm -hmm. he fucking did a tope suicida <laughs> and you need to understand shingo takage weighs probably around as much as i do and is like just this like 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 511 Japanese man built like a brick shit house. Yeah. So it's just like a, it's just like one of those con, like one of those uh, like brick like mailboxes just coming at you. And <laughs> it was the best. Yeah. Um, my heel, my heel is fucking uh, uh, Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Because because John Moxley over the course of three hours confirmed my disdain for Vince McMahon company because everybody was just like nah like these people or whatever like there's so many like 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 wwe like defenders yeah and like no it's a sister or like if they try harder like some people have whatever and i was just like no 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 if dean ambrose if john moxley tried 
four years and like got, was getting physically nauseous at the thought of like having to do TV, then then WWE and like Vince McMahon are the problem. Yeah, straight up. Um, my heel of the week is I'm gonna say Ring of Honor as a whole, but mostly Bully fucking Ray, the worst human being on the planet. Because I'll I'll read a series of tweets from X I am a Hollywood X. Uh, who was at a Ring of Honor show two nights in a row, and he's like us, where he won't just be like, boo, or, yeah, it's the kingdom. (laughs) He instead is like, I'm going to make jokes, and I'm going to be clever, and I'm going to jaw jack back and forth with the people who I can. And he was jaw jacking back and forth with the beautiful people. Dark match is some local girls fighting, a lure interferes, Velvet and I exchange words along with the rest. Nothing crazy, Mandy Leone spits on me from the side, which isn't preferable, but I don't care. That shows how buck wild the story is, is that he got spat on by Mandy Leone. It was like, that's not a big deal, but it's alright. Ahem. Side note, I love and respect 99% of all wrestlers. I, honest to God, never try to make the show about me get myself over. My rule of thumb is to boo the bad guys and cheer the good guys. It's rare that I flip this script, but I always decide to go along with the show, which is a very appropriate way to uh, act. And then apparently another match happens where it's literally the same setup. It's two local girls fighting and then a lure interferes. And he goes, I'm mouthing off to them for no other reason than they're the bad guys. At some point, Velvet Sky seemingly loses her cool and is challenging me to come in the ring, telling me to suck it and calling me a pussy. No problem, get your heat. And she calls me a virgin, so I remind her that she has sex with that fat turd bully Ray. Call them the Tramp Stamp Trio, which is very good, in the segment. Fast forward five minutes and I get a tap on the shoulder. Hey, we're with security and need to talk to you about an incident that occurred. Immediately, I think of the Allure stuff, but think that maybe Mandy got in trouble for spitting, facepalming me. Then I kind of think it's a joke, and no signs of a joke from my buddies or the crew, so I'm super perplexed and think that maybe there's some miscommunication because nothing so far was a big deal at all. I oblige and follow security. He then follows security, who are very weird. Like, it sounds like he's about to get murdered because he's like, what's going on? They're like, just wait. Wait till we get to the back. And he gets to a room, and then... Just fucking Bully Ray walks in. And Bully Ray, who is still in full gear from the opening segment, and the security leaves. And just leaves him alone in a room with Bully Ray, who stares down at him and goes, Hey, heard there was an incident tonight with you and some of the girls. Um, yeah, I guess. So here's the deal. You're done talking down to them. You need to treat them with respect. Don't be saying anything you wouldn't say to your mom. Got it? And, of course, the man being smart just goes, uh, yes, sir, I understand. I don't know why I'm doing him like he's Morty. Oh, yes, yes, sir, I understand. And then Bully Ray ends with the quote of the weekend, which is, yep, end of combo. Go be a fan. Which is what he was fucking doing, Bully. He was being a fan, playing with the wrestlers. It's what you're supposed to do. Don't be a dick about this. I, I don't understand how he because even Ring of Honor was like we've um we've heard reports of what's happened we're doing an internal investigation and yeah you're supposed to have fun at a wrestling show and no one should ever be left alone with a wrestler uh like against their own will it, like, basically saying like bully's gonna keep doing what he wants to fucking do what do you want us to do he's bully Ray 
Like it yeah. was, just, it was the most ridiculous thing I could ever hear of in my entire life, and it was the first time I was like, "All right, yeah, fuck Ring of Honor." Like, because once they lost b- the elite, I was like, "Okay, they're gonna have some months in freefall and then jump back on their feet." They're not. They've not gotten back to jumping on their feet at all in recent months, and I, I don't know what was your reaction to the story. My reaction was, was why is why is this a thing that's happening? Yeah, why well, could this? Why could this just not go? Yeah, well, I mean, like that's one of those stories where I would immediately come out and be like, "Hey, everyone needs to know what the fuck just happened because it's ridiculous." The Ring of Honor of, and I think I tweeted this is becoming the new WCW because Bully Ray is their Hulk Hogan, who is like has full creative control, has control over everything. I think, and it's fucking up the shows, and he's bringing in like. I, I don't want to say he's bringing in his girlfriend because Velvet is talented and Velvet can come in and do what she needs to do. But no one wanted to see Velvet there. No one wanted that. And I, I just, I feel so bad because Ring of Honor used to be fucking amazing. And now they're trying to compete with WWE instead of doing what they're good at, which is wrestling. So anyways, uh, how much is New Japan World a month again? Ten bucks? Uh, Less than that. It's like less than nine dollars. Oh fuck! It. Okay, yeah, I think I'm, I think I might have to transfer over some of our Patreon credits into that. I think, uh, but it's a it's a it's a good time. <laughs> even, if you, if you, even if you just watch there, because like you know, G One's coming up. Yeah, I so just that's love... like all the best wrestling, and then you can watch Minoru Suzuki murder people. I, I love that. As I was just Minoru relaying Suzuki. how much I hate Ring of Honor and what they did and what WWE's been like, you're just kind of sitting back quietly, like. Yep. What have I been saying since day fucking one on this podcast, <laughs> Scotty? Happy you're finally joining the rest of the class. I've been saying that since the elite left. And like, cause like even Cody would, would like back when they were with ROH was like, yeah, they can't fucking draw for shit. Like we have a half empty, like, yeah. Like, because like, wasn't like, the, wasn't the original tweet that spurned all in something like ring of honor could never draw something like that. And then Cody's like, if they couldn't, but I fucking could. And then he did. Uh, but you he's know... Like, have you, he's like, I'm the son of Dusty Rhodes, god <laughs> damn it! This summer, two men save the world from who you ask. Everything invading robo-penises. This show is not about those two men. <laughs> This show's just a load of BS. The show where Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore make up dumbass movies like that. We're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for a Mm -hmm. podcast, I think. And we're just going to be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut. That's right. Except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure... Uncut. Yes. <laughs> good, good uncut.
All right, so D, it's been an episode. We've talked about wrestling. We've talked about how some of the old guard is falling, and there's these new people like AEW showing up, but I feel like there's one company that's always been strong, and that's Birmingham, Alabama's premier wrestling organization, the JWF, and I think it's time we go find out what's going on with Silver Spoon and Captain Tibbs. Let's have a listen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by the man who took Las Vegas by storm. It's Captain Tibbs. I own three casinos now. That's right, Tibbs, and let me tell you something. Coming off our show in the AEW Double or Nothing Arena, we've got thousands of fans over the world getting excited for our next pay-per-view because there's so much fallout from the JWF Cash in the Bag pay-per-view. We've got new number one contenders to the JWF tag team titles in the form of the Snack Daddies. We have a new Mr. Cash in the Bag in the form of Scotty Moore. I mean, Tibbs, anything can happen. Everything's going to happen. It's here. It's here. The new, new era. Every year, a new era. New eras everywhere. Everywhere, new eras. That's right, Tibbs. And speaking of Mr. Cash in the Bag, that is, of course, the man known as Scotty Moore, one half of the BS. So why don't we go to the ring right now for a very special episode of A Load of BS. Let's have a listen. Whoa! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time. It's time for A Load of BS. Oh no, that's just it. That's right. The show tonight is going to be nothing more than me, the B, Blake Tanner. Because, unfortunately, Scotty Moore isn't available to be my co-host tonight. It's just tragic. And he's not here because, well, because he's going to be my guest. After these last few weeks, you see, I, I think it's only fair that I... The most capable man in the world to do it, give you a peek inside the psyche of this man, this myth, this legend, Scotty Moore. And so, welcome to the ring, Scotty Moore, the S. Well, Tibbs, this seems a little bit unorthodox. Scotty Moore, usually one of the co-hosts of a load of BS, being brought out for being brought out to be a guest on the show, but here he is walking down the ring with the cash in the bag briefcase. How do you think Scotty Moore feels right now? He's on top of the world, so look at that strut. Look at that rut. That's right, so let's hear what he's gotta say. Oh my god, Blake, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on the show. Look, I'm a huge fan, long-time listener, first-time caller, and so good to be here. Hi, this guy's got jokes. Yeah. Hey, Scotty, thank you. Thank you so much. I I know you've got a busy schedule right now, and, you know, speaking of busy schedules, uh, we and the whole BS brand have been through quite a lot in the past few weeks. Uh, we were personally personally transported via Captain Tibbs to Vegas to compete in the AEW arena as part of a historic weekend of grueling match after match. And I think it's fair to say that not just you and me, the BS, but the Fight Boys left our mark, of all things. And on top of that, even more has happened for you. I mean, you're a dad now. You, you got a baby to take care of. You, you're a family man. And, and all of this happening so quickly, I've got to ask, 
How are you feeling? How, how are you keeping up with it all? You know, Blake, have you ever known that you were at the crux of something big? Have you ever been able to just take a step back and see that you were at the beginning of something bigger than yourself? At the beginning of a revolution? Because that's how I've felt for the past three weeks. Because, yes, I did get to perform in an AEW ring. I competed in and won three devastating matches over Cash in the Bag weekend. And most importantly of all, I I was given the best gift a man could ever have. She's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life, and that's the cash-in-the-bag briefcase. An instant opportunity to cash in and win the JWF Championship whenever I want, and with that briefcase, I... No, 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 no. We are going to do great things because retrieving that briefcase, that was only the beginning, Blake. It was the beginning of a revolution, of a dynasty rising in the JWF because you see, when you look at the BS, we've claimed just about every damn accolade this company can bestow on a professional wrestler, Regal Rumble winner, wrestler of the year, JWF champion, and that list, it's only getting longer and longer. And to anyone that wants to stand in the way of the BS, well, they're going to realize very soon what happens when a dynasty rises. Now, hold on a second. Let me stop you there, because I bet I bet there's a real big story behind this that I think we need to tell. But before you tell it, let me tell you out there about merch.loadofpurebs.com, where you can buy all of our merchandise for the podcast. We've got shirts, posters, cups, and more. Omaha Steaks! We don't have... what? We got steaks! Oh, shit. We got steaks. <clears throat> now, Scott, since you mentioned people standing in our way, let's talk about the men who are now number one contenders for the tag titles. The Snack Daddies. Now, I think we all know that your relationship with your dad has been strained and contentious over the last few years. I, I, I have to ask, how does it feel having your own father challenging you for the titles that, well... To be completely honest, we made prestigious. You know, I'd love to say I get no pleasure in fighting with my family, that I get no pleasure in beating my father's face into the mat, but you see, the truth is, it's one of my favorite things to do. Because you see, a father, a father's supposed to make you into a man, right? He's supposed to toughen you up for the real world, really make you ready for that rough-and-tumble world out there, but you see, my dad never did that. No, 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 my dad decided to coddle me and spoil me every inch of the way so that when I was thrown into that real world, it was sink or swim, and I sank. And I spent a long time underneath that water struggling for air, and I learned to fight for myself. I learned how to be a man myself. Not with my dad. On my own. But you know something? I forgive him. I forgive him for that. I really do because I now know that my father could never teach me how to be a man. 
because he isn't a man himself. So whenever he and his little partner and the snack daddies decide to step up to the plate and take a swing at the champs, I owe my father a favor. And that favor is to beat him and belittle him and do the one thing that he could never do and teach him how to be a man. Well, Tim, let me tell you something. We thought this was just going to be a normal match between these two teams, but Scotty Moore just took it personal very quickly. What do you think? Well, Sills, I think it's going to be hard not to take it personal when you fight against your own father. And you're also fighting against the man who ruined bacon for a nation. That's right. Of course, Scott Moore's tag team partner in the Snack Daddies, Guy Fietti. But who knows? They may be facing off at the next pay-per-view. But of course, let's focus back on the cash in the bag pay-per-view, where in addition to everything else, we saw a hellacious, grueling match as the Dillon took on Mojo Gruff, and despite everything the former JWF champion had, Mojo Gruff ended up victorious over the Dillon. How did you feel about that match, Tim? So there was a, just a horrible travesty. You see, not only did Mojo Gruff come down, Mojo Gruff had help. He had help of the most vile nature. That's right. Help in the form of the demon Honeypot, the man who Mojo has aligned himself with over recent weeks in his quest to appease his master, he's claiming. And Mojo Gruff, actually, I think he's moved on from the Dylan, and he's been backstage. So let's hear what Mojo's got to say. The Dylan has been sacrificed. His body has been beaten and broken into the dirt and my master smiles it's a terrifying sight to be completely honest with you because my master shows me what will come when my work is finished he shows me the destruction that will occur when he rises and it terrifies me Part of me wishes that Dylan had won. Part of me wishes that Dylan put an end to this, but no, 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 I can't, I can't think like that. The Master's will must be done. The will must continue. My work must continue. I, I must trust my Master, because the Dylan is only the beginning of his reign of terror. No, my master demands more sacrifices, and he shall receive them. He shall, he shall, he shall receive them. No, no, he's shown me. He's shown me the face of the man that I must seek out. I see the face of a man that hides within himself, the face of a man who rejects his own name, his own heritage. I see... The man behind the mask. I... I won't enjoy what I must do. But I... I must do it. It must be done. By his will, it must be done. Well, Tibbs, it certainly seems like Mojo Gruff has his sights on one JWF superstar, but, but who could it be? I mean, he's been speaking in riddles. I got no idea what's going on. Is it... Is it me? I don't... I don't think it's you. 
Do you reject it's... your own name? Or you, you are you are Tibbs, right? Yes. Oh, well, I think we're good then. All right. But who knows? Mojo Gruffy, it certainly seems he's almost apologetic for what he did to the Dylan, but I'm afraid of what's going to happen next if this continues, Tibbs. But of oh, course. Oh, he's fully under the control of his dark master, the Honeypots. Uh, he is uh, completely lost, and he will have to be put down. I'm sorry. Well, speaking of men who we thought would be put down. Let's talk about our JWF champion, the man who is still the god of the JWF, Momoa Curry. Tibbs, who of course had an absolutely hellacious match with the Hammer Man at Cash in the Bag. I mean, the Hammer Man threw everything he had at Momoa. At one point, Momoa couldn't stand Tibbs. It was just truly hellacious. I thought that the Hammer Man had lost his own mask many times. That's right, Tibbs. But, of course, after that hellacious match, Momoa did come out victorious, giving respect to the Hammerman for what he had done. And there's Momoa coming out, his ribs still taped from the match. I mean, Momoa's still suffering after so many weeks from the actions of the Hammerman. I mean, do you think that Momoa expected that at Cash in the Back? I don't know, Sills. Momoa Curry's been through a lot before, but I think even he can still be a little overconfident. That's all right, Tiz, but he's in our ring right now, so let's hear what Momoa Curry has got to say. At Cash in the Bag, I was quickly reminded what it meant to be a champion. I was reminded that the target on my back is larger than I could possibly fathom, and I was reminded just how damn good those men in that locker room are. You see, the Hammerman took me to my absolute limit to a point where the for the first time in my career I wasn't sure if I could finish a match you see a normal man should not envy the position I'm in with dozens of hungry talented wrestlers in the back staring me down waiting for their chance to steal the title but I don't fear them because I am no normal man I am the god of the JWF into all of those hungry wrestlers in the back. I have to say, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for the fight that you're going to give me because it's going to wake me up to something that I've forgotten over the years. It's something that the Hammerman woke me up to at Cash in the Back. It's the fact that I can lose. It's the fact that I may be a god, but this title will not be around my waist forever. Which means until that day, I will fight like absolute hell to keep this title and remind everyone why I am Oh, Tibbs! It's the music of Scotty Moore, Mr. Cash in the bag. He's coming out, he's got the briefcase. Do you think he's about to cash in now? Maybe. Are we going to have another podcast segment live with a champion? Well, I mean, Tim, let's not forget this may be the best time. Momoa's broken. He's beaten after the Hammerman's battle at, at Cash in the Bag. This might be the best opportunity, but it looks like Scotty Moore's got a microphone. Let's hear what he's got to say. Ah, yes, Momoa. I am so happy to see you finally gotten to the last stage of grief. Acceptance. 
Acceptance that you will lose that title around your waist. Acceptance that at this point in your career, you're just an old dog waiting to be put down. I just, I pray that you've also accepted that the person who's going to take that title, it's going to be me. Because you know something? You're right. There are a hell of a lot of talented guys in the back. I've faced them all, and none of them can ever hold a candle to Scotty Moore. And as far as that target on your back goes, I'm aiming right for it. Well, not me specifically. Oh my god, Tim's from out of nowhere, Blake Tanner assaulting Momoa Curry from behind with that steel chair, wailing on those bandaged ribs. This is horrifying, Tim. You gotta put that chair down. What are you doing? That's right, and now Scotty Moore going to the back. He's grabbed a referee, rushing to the ring as Blake Tanner continues to wail on the champ, and it looks like he's backing up. Is he setting up for it, Tibbs? He's going for the Blake out, but wait! Momoa Curry dodges it! The Momoan punch takes down the B! Scotty Moore entering the ring with that briefcase, and oh my god! A spear from Momoa takes out Mr. Cash in the bag! You know something, Scotty Moore said Momoa Curry was an old dog getting ready to put down, but I think he proved right now that he's still got a lot of bite left at him, Tibbs. Oh, look at him getting up. That was a flawless spear, flawless Momoan punch, and he just took down our tag team champions. That's right, the BS running scared, running scared out through our audience, but wait. Momoa's trying to celebrate in the ring, but that's that's the music of the Dylan, the lord of the smart side himself coming down to the ring, caught up on his tour of Las Vegas, and Tim's Momoa looks confused. I'm confused. What's Dylan doing out here? I don't know. I after after his match with Mojo Gruff, I didn't be out here again. That's right, staring down Momoa as he gets in the ring. But wait a minute, picking up the JWF champion, handing it to Momoa Curry, and now Dylan is just staring at that championship, the championship that he actually won from Momoa Curry a few years ago. Tim's is Dylan doing what I think he's doing right now? I think it's a challenge. Well, who knows, Tibbs? I guess if you want to find out how Momoa responds to this, what happens next with the BS with Mojo Gruff, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. All right, so D, it's been an episode. What did you learn this week? Uh, I learned apparently you shouldn't remind people that they sleep with Bully Ray. <laughs> Damn it, my was him and I learned to never follow security in a Ring of Honor show. Uh, so, oh wait, hold on. Now you have to officially say what your Twitter is. Now you get a plug. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be at Dick and Stormy on Twitter. Yep. I, I wish there was more people at our live show, and then everyone's just like, oh, at Dick and Stormy, yeah. And then, of course, Blake Blakey can be found uh, in the Nevada desert, still drinking alcohol. And you can find me on Twitter. He's Scott- still in that cigar bar in the fucking <laughs> in the fucking Caesar's Palace. No, it's like the First fucking floor. It's the uh, shot at the end of The Shining of that cigar bar, and it just slowly zooms in on Blake's face. You never left the cigar bar. You've always been here, Mister Tanner. This is where you've always lived.
Yeah. Right here at this slot machine in the bar. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That's S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy my books on Amazon, the Quiesel Corp Trilogy, BS versus the Gods. Check that out and check out all the other shows online at a load of pure BS.com, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure to check out this week's episode of A Load of BS because the entire show is just us describing what happened in Vegas and the sheer debauchery we got into when wrestling was not involved. That, that was something – I think I told you guys – WrestleMania, WWE's biggest show of the year. I went a few years back. I left roughly eight times to buy liquor to try to get through the show. AEW Double or Nothing, I stayed firmly in my seat and was like, no, I don't care if I'm fucking thirsty or starving. I'm not leaving this seat. So, hell, I became I became fucking heel of the week because I had Blake go get a Coke. <laughs> oh, it would have been worse if the original plans like didn't fall through because apparently before it was going to be Bret Hart, it was supposed to be Flair coming out and giving that title. And I don't think Blake would have made it to the show the next day. I think Blake would be like, I'm quitting the show. Fuck all of you guys. I can't believe I missed the nature boy. Nature Uh, boy. Nature. And of course, remember to support the show, whether that be Patreon merch, but if you don't have the money, we understand. Just leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to the Fight Boys YouTube channel. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up there. I'm probably going to start doing like a video series of like essay style stuff because I had a lot of good wrestling ideas come out of Double or Nothing Weekend. And as always, you can find us at LoadedPureBS.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.loadedpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show. Marco Stunt, Joey Tunella, Tomatonga, and Chuck Taylor. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life! <laughs> <laughs>